What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk. And today we're going to be talking about some topics such as the Golden Globes, uh, maybe the Mandalorian, some of the Witcher. I'm going to pass it off to Jake. I've been out for a couple weeks, so he's going to catch us all back up. Yeah, the Golden Globes, the uh, first award show of 2020, the new year, kicking off awards season. Uh, we didn't get a chance to live tweet it, Matt. I know you were heartbroken about the uh, the lack of tweeting that was available from you, but you know, such is life when you actually have other jobs outside of uh, recording podcasts and entertainment, right? But I know you still got to uh, see and catch up on some of the highlights. What were your initial takeaways from the Golden Globes? So I I felt like for the most part, from the actual like awards perspective, everything was fairly predictable this year. Uh, like nothing nothing really surprised me uh in any of the major categories it it feels that way generally like the the major awards to me at least feel pretty set this year uh i i don't i don't know how much any of you follow the the buzz or anything but like walking phoenix winning for joker uh it, that's pretty pretty much a set done deal it seems like across the board same with Renee Zellweger for Judy Garland uh like none of it none of it's there's no no shocking upsets here uh no I saw that I think the one there was yeah, a couple yeah. things I was shocked with and the first was that uh the morning show although I guess it, like to your point it kind of went out as the pundits predicted where uh Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston kind of split the vote for the best actress in a drama series or drama TV Mm -hmm. series and ended up costing them both the award. And so I think that was, it was a surprise to me because I think I figured one of them would still take it home, but uh, not super surprising from the pundits. But I think the big surprise is the lack of uh, Netflix shows being awarded this time around. Netflix has seemed to be uh, getting some serious love with the Golden Globes in past years. And this year they kind of walked away pretty empty handed from what I could tell, especially with some pretty decent films like The Irishman on there. Um, I know the the marriage one with Adam Driver is pretty good, too. Uh, kind of surprising to see neither of those get any accolades at all, from my perspective. Well, Have you seen Marriage Story yet? That movie is really good. It is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with Adam I Driver, not, yeah. I watched that I, a couple weeks ago. It was a really good movie. I will say, though, and, it uh, does... Adam... Um, Go ahead. I was going to say it goes back to your point though when you brought up um when you brought up the morning show um if you look at Netflix there was many times where Netflix went up against Netflix and I feel like that the voters split their vote and like you know if you look at motion best motion picture a marriage story and the Irishman went up against each other and then you know 1917 won which actually only came out on Christmas day um but I mean, like, so to your point earlier, you know, Netflix maybe could have won that category if they only had the Irishman in there or just Marriage Story. So I'm not saying don't put out good content, but maybe don't put out some, so mm. much good content. I don't know. No, I, I mean, think I, you're right. Yeah, There's something to be said for the, the marketing that goes into these award shows and stuff like that. It's something that they that uh, Marvel and Disney talked about for the long time of should they even try to market and push for Robert Downey Jr. to get some kind of recognition or nomination for his work 
throughout the MCU. And he was like, nah, don't bother. Like there are better movies out there. I just, this is just like something that we've had fun doing. It's something the fans have loved. Like, I don't think I necessarily deserve an award for it. And so it was, it's kind of interesting how much that behind the scenes stuff that we don't see as, as the audience actually plays into these award shows. Um, especially 1917. It seems like it's one of those that's tailor made for award season. It comes out right at the end of the year. It's a beautifully oh, absolutely. crafted film. Mm-hmm. It's got a historical storyline. It's like the thing that the voters seem to just eat up every single year. Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't surprised at all to see that win. No, voter voters love a good war movie, and it's been a long time since, but there's been a good World War One movie. Yeah, like All Quiet on the Western Front. I think is the first, the last one I can think of. I think the. the yeah, I mean it's no. not nearly as common as World War Two. And then, I mean, That's I mean, true, there's a lot. You don't of, have the equally hated characters of Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, World War II, there's a clear bad guy, so it's easier to make yeah. a movie about that people are going to like because you have a you have a villain. Mm-hmm. World War One's much more complicated. There's That's not true. any. Yeah, you have multiple villains in World War Two. There's no Nazis mm-hmm. in you World Mussolini, War One. You got Stalin. You got you know Hitler. <laughs> you got multiple <laughs> villains. Other... Multiple movies you can go with World War Two. World War One, not so much. Hey, was Saving Private Ryan? Is that World War One or two? That was two. World War Two. All right, it's a serious question. I didn't know. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but one of one of the things I like about <laughs> yeah. the way go ahead, Matt. One of the things I like about the way the Golden Globes is set up is the split between uh, drama and comedy and film, because uh, it gets the opportunity for a lot of movies to get awarded and a lot of performers to get awarded that don't get that opportunity at the Oscars. Um. Like, I was not expecting to see Aquafina win an award last night, but I'm super happy for her that she did, because that movie was great. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, The Farewell. Um, it's a really good movie. She is phenomenal in it. Um, but the comedic aspects of it mean that it's probably it not going to... It is on my list to... See. Yeah, the comedic aspects of it mean it's probably not going to get recognized at the Oscars because the Oscars don't tend to recognize comedies, which is a whole other discussion we could have in another time. But, um, but I appreciate the Golden Globes <laughs> yeah, that they they make that split, even if sometimes the categorization doesn't make too much sense. Um, <laughs> it, it just is nice to have that opportunity. Same same thing like Taron Edgerton getting the best actor in a musical or comedy. Like he was absolutely phenomenal in Rocket Man. Um, debatable whether he's going to get any recognition from the Oscars uh, just because it's such a similar uh, premise to last year's winners, winner uh, Bohemian Rhapsody um, and it's a much mm-hmm. much less uh, serious dramatic take on this topic than that movie was yeah it was a lot more I mean, lively let's be honest Eddie Murphy was up for an award yeah, yeah. that night Eddie Murphy's back in the game. Well, and and the Golden Globes just seem. I think you bring up a good point, Matt. Go ahead. Tell me how smart I am. I was gonna say I think you bring up. <laughs> well, now I well now I definitely don't want to. Uh, I think the the good point you bring up is that it's so hard to compare some of these films, and even like I like that they even divide up like the best foreign film too, because it's so hard to compare different styles and like cultural things too, like with how they make movies into some of the Western ways that we do movies here in the States. Mm-hmm. And so I like that they break it up into the drama, into the comedy, into or, or musical, and then into like the foreign film. Because like you said, it gives just more 
films the opportunity to be recognized, more actors the opportunity to be recognized. And it makes more sense for us as an audience because, well, most of the time anyway, I'll say it makes more sense for us as an audience because we can be like, yeah, like it's easier to say like that movie, 1917 is the better movie out of those dramatic ones. And that uh, I don't remember who won the, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won the best comedy or musical. Yeah. Um, and I I don't mm-hmm. quite know how they did that, but since I I haven't seen it though, so I don't <laughs> Do know you, if it's that much of a comedy. Wait, tell me, Tell me more. What do you mean by that? But it seemed to me like just from all of the commercials and previews I saw that it was going to be more of like a, a drama, like time piece rather than a comedy. Um, so maybe uh, you guys can correct me on that. But that's why I was just kind of yeah, surprised I mean, that it won in that category. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of those ones that like I it, it's definitely got comedic aspects to it. And I can see why they would put it in that category. It's one that could go either way. Uh I I think they probably chose to submit it in the comedy category for the Golden Globes because they were, they saw less competition there. Um figured they had a better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um cuz that's really what it comes down to. I mean, it's the same thing you'll see like uh like Brad Pitt this year going for supporting actor rather than best lead actor. That was entirely like he could have easily been up for a lead actor spot. He and Leo were like equal totally equal in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was just a, a political move to give both of them a better chance of winning rather than splitting a category. Yeah, that's the weird part about those award shows that I'm starting to realize the older I get here is that how much the political and marketing machines uh, pay attention to where they do that kind of stuff and how they do that kind of stuff to give their their people the best shot at winning. Uh, so that's I think I think it's also the problem I have with them and the problem I have with like how they get chosen and everything like that. It just it just it doesn't seem like it's actually like the will of the audiences necessarily it's it's voted on and marketed by and chosen by people who manipulate it in such a way that yeah you don't have much of a choice other than to vote for some of these films in some of these categories or some of the actors in some of these categories it's like that with music awards too and it's widely known with artists and actors they all say that everybody says yeah that. i'm yeah it's all very political the, and i mean award shows in general are never especially film and television awards aren't really about what's like broadly appealing to audiences. It's why you'll never see like a Marvel movie winning best picture. It's just not going to happen because that's not the type of thing that they're about. Yeah. But just to get theological there for just a second, shouldn't, shouldn't there be some part of that? Like, shouldn't there be some element of, is this an enjoyable film for the majority of audiences? Or does that really not matter when we think about awards? I think it should be uh, probably like 80 to 90%. That should be the reason why, but it's never going to be that way. I I totally disagree. I think from a from from that perspective, from an audience perspective, that that's what the box office is all about, right? That's it's, true. From an awards perspective, it's looking at these things from a more critical aspect, looking at what is an achievement in film, and it doesn't always end up actually being that, but I think there's at least that. Uh, yeah, you have the two that, sides. That ideal. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's exactly what Scorsese was was whining about when he tweeted about the Marvel movies before and how they aren't aren't true film or something like that. And it, I get yeah. I get what you're saying there, and that when you've been trained and you you study all this stuff, the lighting, the camera work, writing, all of this good stuff that goes into making a great film just because it's not a blockbuster and just because it's not a a multi-billion dollar movie doesn't mean it's still not a good piece of art 
I guess. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, so yeah, the award shows are a chance to give something to a film that's not necessarily going to make a billion dollars at the box office um, that the majority of audiences might not ever see or even like if they did see it. But it's it's worthwhile because it's an artistic statement or it's it, valuable culturally in some way. That's how I see it anyway. I can understand. Right, your, that's a your perfect point, segue. But, yeah. I think it's a perfect segue into the next thing we're going to talk about, the cultural cultural impact that we're having here. We're going to jump right into the Mandalorian now. Because has anybody impacted our culture, our society as much as Baby Yoda over the past uh, two months or so? <laughs> I think the answer is no. Uh, love the memes. <laughs> oh, the memes. Baby oh, the memes. I think Baby Yoda should have absolutely been the time person of the year this year. There's no debate there. I think Baby Yoda is the best, totally. the best thing about the Mandalorian, to be honest. I'm about, to, I, I'm about to get some, right, some so, Star Wars hate from you guys, but that's I fine. Mean, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but... <clears throat> Ron, I, yeah. Ron, I think we all agree with you, but the difference is that you think The Mandalorian's a bad show. No, 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 actually. Yeah, I don't. All right, hold on. All right. Let me let me cut in here real quick before I, before I let you guys speak some more. So here, here, all right, hold on. Here's my thing. If you're comparing always a The Mandalorian, all right, so, okay, so you guys had, we had the the pod, the Star Wars episode last week or two weeks ago, I missed that. So I'm going to try not to get into Star Wars too much. But when you're comparing Star Wars to other films, Star Wars is its own thing. Star Wars itself, there's, it's not perfect at all. I don't think there's, it's not award winning. It's Star Wars. It's entertaining. Everyone loves the universe and the characters. And it's something that you invest yourself into. That doesn't mm-hmm. make it a perfect thing. So when you look at The Mandalorian and you think of it as Star Wars, it was great. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. So I'm going to sit here right now on record and tell you guys that I enjoyed the show. But when you take <laughs> The Mandalorian and you compare it to other series is. like Breaking Bad, Sons like, of Anarchy, Handmaid's Tale, other good series that you can binge watch, The Mandalorian is absolutely terrible. It doesn't compare. It's not binge worthy. There are uh, episodes of the season what? that didn't even need to be there. They didn't exist. The one that I'm particularly thinking of is the episode where mando is uh, fighting in that space jail with the other bounty hunters that entire episode doesn't need it has nothing to do with the story you can cut that whole thing out it doesn't exist there's no point in it yeah but it's cool right i agree that's what i'm saying it's cool it's yeah. star wars it's cool it was entertaining it's one of my favorite episodes actually i like the episode but in the grand <laughs> scheme of the season as a story and from season episode one to episode eight it doesn't have a purpose there's no cliffhanger it doesn't add to the overall story and for that reason i have to say it's it's average at best it's an average show at best here's the problem ron (laughs) you are based on based just on what you were just saying and the shows you were comparing it to you're comparing this show to like major prestige dramas yeah which it's not it's not even close to that it's not even a drama Right. Okay. I understand what you're saying, but I'm yeah. comparing it to like the the rave that it's getting. Okay. Everybody is praising the Mandalorian. People are subscribing to Disney Plus just because they wanted to watch the Mandalorian and you know stuff like that. What I'm saying is that it's not worthy of the praise it's getting. Is what I'm saying. Yes, it's the best Star Wars thing that's come out since Disney's bought the franchise. I agree. But unlike you guys, I also think that's because Disney has put out trash for Star Wars. I think it's great. 
but I think it's, you know, it's because I don't like the sequel movies. So that's a whole nother conversation that we're not going to have right now because you guys already had that. But you know what I mean? Like, but as you, if you compare it to any other kind of original content it. shows, it's not good. It's really not good. Like, am I looking forward to season two? I don't, I don't know. Not really. Like, it took me days to watch the last couple episodes what? of Mandalorian because I didn't have an interest in it anymore. What? There was no reason for me to watch it. And the people really... I've, I've spoken to outside of you guys, because none of you guys are going to agree with me, I'm not the only one. And I always have to say that because for the listeners out there, I need to make sure that you guys know I am not the only fucking person that feels this way. <laughs> All right. Okay, but Ron. Ron has, okay, Ron has time out. I want to say something. I want to say something because it is well known that I am not a Star Wars anything. I binge watched the entire eight episodes in less than forty-eight hours. I binge watched the entire thing, and and. I have rewatched three of those episodes because I've enjoyed them so much. No, and there's also an ep- a, a show that my wife and I have watched together, and there are not many shows that my wife and I can watch together. It is freaking awesome, and I don't even like Star Wars, man. Come See, on, now that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I'll say you actually, Ron. I got one thing. I I think you actually made a really interesting comparison when you first started out there, and you compared it to Breaking Bad. Now, they are not any way, shape, or form the same genre of show. But to the same point, this is season one of the show. And if you go back and rewatch season one of Breaking Bad, and you've never seen the rest of that season. First episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Season one of Breaking Bad is not that good. Season one is terrible. It's like pulling teeth. It's boring as hell. Have you seen season one of The Office? Oh my gosh, it's horrible. That's a whole other conversation because I don't even like The Office. But, anyways, so if if you watch. Yeah, I know. Like if you watch like the first episode of Sons of Anarchy or Handsmaid's Tale or Breaking Bad, you're hooked. I I myself, I was hooked on that first episode. You know, you watch Walter White is walking outside of an RV with a gas mask on and his whitey tighties, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm excited for episode two. There's only maybe three episodes out of the eight of The Mandalorian where I was actually okay. I can't wait for the next episode because it didn't have that. And I think here's another thing. I'm going to throw this out there too. Now, Matt might be able to correct me on this because he knows a lot of the details on a lot of shows that I don't know fine behind the scene details on. But could it possibly be partly due to each episode having a different director? Is that not a smart thing? Do other shows do that? Because I don't know if, if other shows do that. Like Sons of Anarchy, for example. A lot, a lot of shows do that. No. Okay. Because Sons of yeah, Anarchy like the same writer director for the whole thing. But like Mandalorian, each episode is like it's different. You could see the, so, you could feel it. Like it's different. Each episode's different based on who's writing it or directing. So it. you generally, you generally have an overarching, overarching like showrunner who is behind the scenes of everything. But each episode of most shows is not written and directed by the same people. Mm-hmm. There's okay, teams so that's of good people information that do about. it. Like, see, I didn't know that. That's why I, I'm, I'm genuine, genuinely asking you. But that's like, you could watch The Mandalorian and you could feel each episode's different. Like, there were two or three episodes where it had a cliffhanger at the end, and it made me want to watch the next episode. That's how a lot of these series are. Like, when you watch a lot of these Netflix and Hulu series and stuff, there are, there's a reason to make you wait for each episode. And if Cole binge watched them all in uh, two days, I didn't do that. I tried watching them. I tried because I couldn't keep the interest in it. I'm just being honest here. I tried to watch them the day they, they released every Friday, 
But like I'm saying is the episode didn't it didn't give me a reason to watch it next week. The first episode and you found Baby Yoda at the end. I was like, all right, I'm ready for this one. What's the next one? And then the next one was completely different from the first one. Like you get a Mandalorian who walks into the bar, beats some ass in the first one, finds Baby Yoda, kills a droid, and shoot, make, you know, wins a shootout. And then you go to episode two and he gets his ass beat by Jawas. Like for me, that's not that's. I feel like I'm watching a completely different character. I can't invest into that. Like the story doesn't even make sense. Even though that's two episodes in, like that's just my critique on it, man. Like I'm just gonna if I pick it apart and you know. We've done articles on our website too. If you want to go back and reread them, and I've had people, I've had feedback for my reviews of people that agreed with some of the things that I'm saying. So I know that I'm not alone here. <laughs> so in Star Wars, the, I, I still think the I still think the fundamental problem is that you're expecting it to be a show that it's not trying to be. Yeah, it's not trying to be some big drama with some big seasons long story arc. Like it's just it, each episode is trying to be a self-contained okay, so thing. Okay, so with like, that being said, I'm going to level down here and I'm going to agree with that because I think I agree with what you're saying. It's not that I expect that. It's that I see that. If I'm on social media or if the five of us or four of us or whatever are talking about it and everyone, people say, it was a great show. It's fantastic. I can't wait for season two. Like, I don't feel like it deserves that praise. Like, I, if I want to scroll down Facebook and I, I think like people should be like, it was okay. Like, it was better than episode seven or eight. You know, like it was good. Like I haven't seen something that Star Wars related that was that good in a long time. Like those are all accurate statements. But if someone's going to come at me and say it was fantastic, like that was so good, the Mandalorian Mando is my favorite Star Wars character. I'm going to look at you and be like, "What are you talking about?" Like that's I'm probably never going to rewatch any of those episodes again. And there's one episode that I even fell asleep during. And I don't even know what happened. Still, right. like, I just it's not. I couldn't do it. And I. I love no, I love Star Wars. I think you just Epi- don't episodes, actually like Star Wars, Ron. Episodes yeah. one, I mean, thick, man. I don't yeah. think you do. I, love, I don't think I you do either. That's why I'm so hard on Star Wars. <laughs> but like I'm saying though, no, but dude, I think I don't the, think you actually like, do like, like Star I'm Wars. Saying, though, you overall, like the bad parts I think of Star Wars. Mandalorian is fantastic Star Wars. It's absolutely great. It's no, I don't think it. I don't think it's fantastic. You just television. said it wasn't fantastic. It's not though. a bin. It's it's not a bin. It, it's not, not a binge-worthy <laughs> series to watch, is what I'm saying. It was a good Star Wars show. What do you mean? I know. Cole had the perfect description of this earlier on in the week when he finished binge, when he finished the binge watching. It might have been last week actually, and he wrapped it up as like a space western, and that's yeah. exactly what this yeah, show. Yeah, exactly, dude. This it this reminds takes me a me lot back. of like yeah. No, this takes me back to like when I was a kid. Like I used to sit down in our basement or sitting in the living room with my dad and watch John Wayne and Clint Eastwood movies. This takes me back. It has all the elements like they're holed up in a, you know, a bar and they're trying to shoot their way out and they're trying to, you know, what are we going to do? Oh, we got to go out the back way and we got to take this, whatever, you know, it's baby Yoda in this case, but we got to take this package and we got to get it out of town. The whole nine yards. This is, a sci-fi western and they did it right and it's basically one long movie over eight episodes and they and the best part about it is the mandalorian unlike all the other star wars characters you've seen in the nine other movies plus the other ones is he's actually legitimately he doesn't have the force he's just a regular person just trying to figure it all out and he doesn't want to be special. He doesn't want to be 
the Luke Skywalker with the, you know, I mean, that's the best part about it is that he's just some regular person trying to figure out his place in the whole world. And he doesn't have anything special except for that he can fight and then get his butt kicked in the next episode, just like me and you, just like me and you. And he has nothing special on him except for that he has a baby Yoda that once in a while uses the force, push some fire back and to push a big giant rhinoceros looking thing back, you know, and hold it up in the air. I mean, dude, I do. It's classic. It's classic. Well, listen, like, listen, no, listen. So I call the TV I, I writer and you're the music writer. Like I've been saying, like, <laughs> your core points, I, I do agree with, okay? Like, I'm not going to disagree with anything you just said. But the, my two things I'm going to fire back on are, uh, well, I guess I'll just, I'll crunch it all into one thing. All right, so you, you, you compared it to, like, an eight-hour-long movie, right? So imagine watching, um, like, like, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right, I'm not, I'm trying not to ramble here. But if you're watching Lord of the Rings, right, every detail of those. <laughs> Which one? Extended version if or regular? If you're watching the trilogy. If you're watching that trilogy. Yeah, yeah. The extended detail, version. Right? The, only the four and a half because hour ones. that's essentially yeah. what this eight hour long movie is. So we're watching the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, right? <sighs> Lord of the Rings yep. is so much, but I'm just trying to make it make sense here. Most details you see in those films, they all are there for a reason. If you take the eight, not even eight hours because the episodes are so damn short. If you take the eight episodes of Mandalorian, you could crunch it down to probably two hours tops. Like a lot of those episodes have no purpose of being there. It didn't serve character development and nothing explained for Yoda. It didn't, it didn't do anything. We'll see, Like man. the last episode, the first episode. But it's season one. season one. How do you because know it a didn't lot of serve a purpose? Nothing's been resolved. A yet. lot of great television. There is still a story been arc per season. Each season has a major story arc, and there wasn't one for here. Nothing happened. You watch eight episodes. Yeah, we found out that Yoda is the Mandalorian. Yoda's the Mandalorian, dude. Yoda's the Mandalorian. You're trolling me, right? <laughs> Yoda <laughs> is the Mandalorian, dude. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. You- Baby Yoda is the new Mandalorian because he is being taught by the Mandalorian. Baby Yoda is going to be the actual Mandalorian that the the show's named after. I'm just saying. That's what's up. I feel like I feel like Cole's high just kicked in. I have a cold. Said that I thought Yoda was Yoda, and you guys thought I was crazy. That's how I feel about what you what you just said. Like I feel like that's crazy. (laughs) I get why you would say that, but. Why is that crazy? It's season oh, one. No. Anything can happen. He's and on that note, bro. we're going to go into a whole different... He's a foundling. We're going to go into a whole different happen. realm of crazy now. I'm just saying. <laughs> Talking it's a season different, different level of crazy. It's season one. Don't be a hater. The grudge. Mark it right now. What's the timestamp? <laughs> Mark it. The grudge. The grudge the probably grudge. had a better story. That's what this is going to turn into between Cole and Ron. The grudge <laughs> came out. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's where you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the grudge came out again, uh, and it was attempted reboot kind of sequel. <clears throat> kind of didn't know what it wanted to be. Uh, it was an overall. It, Matt, you've seen the movie, right? What was your first impression? Uh, it was a movie that nobody asked for, uh, and it didn't even do a good job of being that. <laughs> Facts. 
I, I think the the way I summed it up to my wife was that it is the it's a horror movie that doesn't even know how to scare you. There was yeah, nothing I mean, about this movie that made me it was trying it was felt like a horror movie that was trying to be a drama. Is what the actual sense I got was. Yeah, so I mean first problem, first and foremost, is that most of the acting was really bad. Yes. Um, like the the leading lady whose character I don't even remember her, what her name was, the police officer, she yeah. was not good. Nope. Uh, the only person who was remotely good at all in the movie was uh, John Cho as the realtor. He deserved way John better. John Cho, classic. Uh, mm-hmm. He's yeah, so he's good. He deserved way better than this way. movie. Um, but no, it just the entire like it felt like a movie that was made in 2003 that they like found in the back of a closet and decided to release in 2020. <laughs> like, I could see that actually, because I think the the problem that my wife had with it is that the grudge terrified her so much when she first saw it. Like she was, she hated that movie. It's one of the few scary movies that she will not rewatch because it like scared her that much. And to come into this movie, which is why I was surprised she even wanted to see it. Like, you didn't get any elements of, like, what made that first one scary. There was, like, some callbacks to things, like the tub full of water. Yeah. And, like, the, there was, but, like, the creepy, like, door creaking noise. I don't know, that's the best way to describe, like, the voice she makes out of her mouth. It's yeah, like, I know. Yeah. It just didn't show up at all. And there was no element of fear in this whole movie, except, like, the fear that this detective lady was having. And even then, she, like you said, her acting was so bad that you didn't really get that sense of it. Um, yeah, no, it just, so my, one of my biggest problems with it is that there have been what there was the original Japanese one or Korean one or whatever it was. Oriental. Uh, Sorry. That was was really offensive. I was trying to not be offensive and you just went there. (laughs) I thought, I thought that would be the least, least offensive way. Uh, so you had the original one, then you had the, I think there was a sequel to the original one, there then was. you had the American remakes of the, of the, of those, and then you have this one, and like, this movie doesn't do anything that those original movies didn't do in their stories. Like, it doesn't add anything to the lore, it doesn't do anything different. It's just like, hey, remember those things that happened in the first movie? Well, they're happening again, but in a different house this time. Like, I'm going to pull a line out of Ron's playbook here and say, I'm going to disagree with you here for a second. (laughs) (laughs) And that's because I I disagree. I think you're right in the fact that it seemed like it was the same story retold. But... The the way they actually told it, I thought, was a little bit more unique in the fact that you got multiple families going through it and you got to see the story kind of evolve over time. I thought that was an interesting take on it that could have had so much more done with it. And I think that's okay, why I that's was fair. disappointed. And so I think it was... I think the, did try something new, but it just failed miserably. So big problem that I had with that part of it, with like the whole structure of it, is it was so poorly done that I was constantly like, wait, what time is this? Who, where uh, are we now? Thing. Yep. What period of time is this happening in? Is this before what I just saw? Did we go back in time? Did we go forward in time? I don't know what's going on. And I felt that way like constantly through the movie. 
Nope. Like you, if you're going to do a movie, if you're going to do a movie that jumps around timelines, it has to be structured really carefully to avoid exactly that confusing people about where you're at and what order things are happening in. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So we got the full review coming out soon for that movie. You guys can check it out. Uh, if, I wouldn't waste your money on it. Matt, I don't think you would disagree with me there. Wait for no, ab- absolutely like do Box not waste your money on it. An, an inevitable streaming service. I, hey, was it better I than... I don't even know that I'd... Was it better than Cats? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like asking me, what's better, getting stabbed with a <laughs> knife in your thigh or in your calf? Like, I don't know. They're both terrible. Hey, what did the host say at the Golden Globes? He said cats was the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was, uh, one of the, that was one of the tweets that people put putting out about it. Yeah. Uh, last but not uh, least, has anybody else on here seen The Witcher? Because the if you haven't, I have to post. recommend it. I have not. One episode in I've and seen... plan to go forward. I'm going to have a controversial uh, opinion here. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You? What? I'm going to go out here on a limb and say that I saw the first episode, and it's better than Game of Thrones already, so there's that for me. So, Maybe better than Game of Thrones, uh, like, last season, but I... I was gonna say better than Game of Thrones season eight because yeah. that's no, not hard. No, no, I tr- I tried I watching Game of Thrones multiple times and I couldn't get past the first two episodes. So says the I'm man already, that you got like Mandalorian, so I'm not gonna worry about it. I mean, in retrospect, that was a good decision, but I really question your judgment <laughs> if you didn't like the beginning yeah, of Game of Thrones. Seriously, it was too slow, and that's why we I also, like I like The Witcher. I I I can get in. I can get into it. So I'm gonna. Keep pushing you also forward. like the entire first season of Breaking Bad, and yet you couldn't make the and first you episode. Don't like the Some office. Of the things no. I don't understand, and Listen, that too. If you guys no, would the actually, the... if you guys would sit, if you guys would put yourself in my position, and try to understand what I'm saying <laughs> instead of being so quick all the time to say no, fuck that, you're wrong. But you know, maybe you would understand what I'm saying a little bit more. Because I'm what a podcast. I want to know why you don't like the office again. When we get done recording, I want to know why. Seriously bothering <laughs> yeah. me. What I hear Ron I, saying, I, yeah, we don't need hate is here, that right? Ron only likes television shows when they're binge watchable, and if they're not binge watchable, then it's not good television. Now, I don't uh, think that's a hundred percent true. In today's day and age with streaming, I think that that is a quality that some of the best shows should have. It should make you want to continue to watch it nonstop. Especially if you're going to give us such a high caliber of appraisal, then yeah, absolutely. And you're not going to like a lot of TV shows from back in the day that are great. Which listen, man, I could binge watch that. Well, that will bring me back full circle. What show? Yeah, that'll bring me back because The Witcher is definitely binge watchable. Yeah, Uh, The Witcher is one of the better shows I've seen in a while. I think it's picking up right on the same. I think it's going to be. I'm going to put it on the record here. I think The Witcher is going to be more successful than the spin-off Game of Thrones series, House of the Dragon. Um, Still going to watch it. Because of the <laughs> level of time they're putting into it. I will too, because I think it's going to be good. But The Witcher is very good in the fact that I think Ron has a point to what he's saying about the... Hold on, hold on. Can you say that again? The binge-watchability. <laughs> I, I said I you have a you. point about the binge-watchability. He's... Nothing else has credit to what you've said ever. <laughs> but the binge-watching side, <laughs> it ends each episode on such a note that 
I was up until like 1 a.m. some of these mornings and I was like fighting to keep my eyes awake, but I still wanted to watch the next episode because I was like, oh, come on, what's going to happen next? Like they're getting so close. Like what's happening? And not to, I, well, I guess I will spoil it. So for you guys, no, it sucks no, to you. Don't do it. Had plenty of don't time to do watch it. it. <laughs> I'm only an episode in. Do the not show spoil is it for me. Have you never played the video I won't game? Spoil it, no. There's nothing to spoil. I have not. <laughs> don't spoil the. No, this is very different video game for how the story is told. Oh, okay. And the story is told in such an interesting timeline dynamic that there were hints at it that I just didn't pick up until I got through like episode five that finally clicked into place. And I was like, oh, shoot, that makes a lot of sense now. And so I loved that that had that element of it. It's got a little bit of action. It's got some great acting. Um, I wouldn't say great. It's got some solid acting. I haven't been overly overly blown away by anybody's acting ability throughout the thing, but they've all been doing solid work. I think that the combo with the magic side of things that we didn't get to explore in Game of Thrones gives us a different element in terms of like that same type of fantasy world. Um, but I mean, it deals with like the same basic premise, giant army amassing, taking over the continent, a lot of cool stuff going on, greatly, great, well done action scenes. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend seeing it because it's something I'm already looking forward to season two. Like I was, it's one of those ones I was really bummed about when I finished it. Cause I was like, shoot, like now I have to wait a year to watch the next season of this. Well, that's good because Netflix is, as you guys know, in my reviews is really just kind of sucked in the last year with TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad they're actually putting quality money into quality content because, you know, Apple Plus came on and Apple Plus has put out some quality stuff. Disney Plus has put out the some quality stuff, a.k.a. The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got to give him a plug there. Jab on Rod. <laughs> And, um, you know, since IMDb give, has an 8.9 rating out of 10 on 105,000 people agree with me, Ron. So I'm just saying I'm not in the minority on that one. It's good. But, it's uh, good. It's just not great. It's good. I think the acting is good. <laughs> okay. I want to point that out before we close up today. I want to make sure that I've, I've said that, like, the acting is great. I think that. Mm. Um, you can really tell Mando's expressions, even though he wears a helmet the whole time. Like, and that's a serious. That's not a joke. I'm being very serious. <laughs> it may come, hey, Ron. You know, what? Do you, you know the guy that plays Mando? You know what he played in before note, that? Ron likes what? the Mandalorian. He played in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you should watch it. I know he played in Game of Thrones. Ron, <laughs> I also just, I also just want to point out before we finish that you've said great things about literally every aspect of Man the Mandalorian and still insist it, that it's not a good show. When you and compare I, it that to just other doesn't make top any quality sense. streaming or cable network television shows, it does not stack up. That's what I'm saying. It's good. It's just not great. It's not in my top five, <laughs> 10 or 15 shows. I'm not excited. I'm not doing front flips for season two. Like I was for sons of anarchy or, like right now, I can't wait for Handmaid's Tale because it ended with the, the girls getting off the plane. Like I'm just, I'm ready for it. Where are you at? Like I'm waiting. Like I am not. Well, how, that's not how I really feel is. about The Mandalorian at, at all. Even though it's season one, usually here's one more thing I'm gonna throw out there. Usually when people start watching a lot of these shows, there's a couple seasons already available. So it's hard to compare when you know. So that's why I'm trying to compare it to like Handmaid's Tale or Sons of Anarchy is another one that I watched from the day it premiered. And I was still at the end of that season one. I was ready for season two. There was a huge cliffhanger. The story was developing. I was invested into characters like Mandalorian. I wasn't I didn't feel that way. 
at all, especially. All right, so for all of our listeners out there, we're going to get Ron's list of top 10, 15 shows that he has here, and we'll make sure we get an episode for you there. To, and then we destroy to it. To let you know just how crazy he is, or not, you should uh, follow his opinions or not. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in today. We appreciate the listen. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, go out and check out our website, itslitreviews.com. We're also on YouTube uh, for all of the latest movie trailers. But until then, until next week, enjoy the movies. Bye.